Good day, my friends, and welcome to the Craig Shapiro Tennis Podcast. Today's show is brought to you by the legendary Sergio Dacchini, brand worn by John McEnroe, Novak Djokovic, and Gabriella Sabatini. The new Young Line sneaker they rolled out is tremendous. It is my favorite walk-around shoe. Check them out at SergioTacchini.com. Use the code CRAIG30 in all caps to receive 30% off of your order. She grew up in Woodland Hills, California and splashed hard onto the pro tennis scene this past week, taking full advantage of her wild card into the U.S. Open, beating former world number 54 Natalia Vikliantseva, and then gave world number 25 Amanda Anisimova a major scare before losing in three sets. She was serving 117 and absolutely ripping her two-fisted backhand, and she just turned 16 this past June. Katrina Scott is today's guest. Katrina joined me from the lobby of the U.S. Open Players Hotel. We have, we've got a lot to talk about, but first of all, you're where are you? I'm at the hotel in New York. You're in the Bubble Hotel. I'm in the Bubble Hotel. The Marriott. Yes. The player hotel has been okay? This whole bubble situation was all right for you? Yeah, um, it's been super nice. They have some activities for us here to do, like ping pong, golf, mini golf, uh, basketball at the site so we can interact with other players. So it's been super manageable, and it's, they've done it well, for sure. For sure. The young lady you hear is, she's like 600 and something in the world. I think that ranking maybe is going to pop up a little bit this week. Do you know where that ranking goes? Uh, I'm not sure, but I think it might go to 400 something, I believe. Oh, dang. I believe. That might so be you, wrong. So you went yeah. from 600 to 400. Yes. <laughs> that's beautiful. And that's Katrina Scott. She really razzle-dazzled the tournament yesterday in a three-set loss to Amanda Anisimova. Listen, it's really good to have you. How are you feeling? Um, I'm feeling good uh, after my match. Uh, I came back and I talked with my coaches and my mom, and we just discussed the whole match. But, I mean, I'm feeling good. I obviously had my opportunities, and I was a little upset that I didn't make the best of them. But, you know, it was definitely a great learning experience, and I'm excited for the future. No doubt. Um, I do a five-set format, but I think we're going to skip the first set. The second set, we're just going to slam right into it. It's the on-the-court report. And the on-the-court report, we talk about just, you know, all this tennis, everything going on in tennis. Did you have any kind of feel a week and a half ago that you were going to, that you were in line for a wild card? So I knew I was in line, but I wasn't sure if I was going to get it. I mean, a lot of people had to pull out in order for me to be able to get in. So I remember it was getting really close to the tournament, and I, I think I needed three people to pull out, and nobody was pulling out. Um, so it was kind of like maybe I get in, maybe I don't. I mean, there's a high chance, but, I mean, anything can happen. I might not get in. So if you asked me a week ago, I probably would have said no. <laughs> I was I was hoping, but we weren't sure. So it was kind of on the edge a little bit. It was like that. Like you were like... Yeah. You, so your coach is David Cass. You guys are in Ohio, in Columbus. Yes. Were you guys like sort of in position to, to fly? Or? Um, We were just in position to fly. I mean, when I found out, uh, I was on a flight the next morning. I found out in the evening, and then I was on the flight, on a flight the next morning at 7 a.m. So it was kind of just waiting like whenever I got the call that I got in nothing had been planned or anything 
Were you flying when the draw came out, or were you on the ground? No, I was. I I was already there. I was on the grounds. What was that like when you got that? <laughs> you got the wild card. I mean, I was so excited. I remember uh, it was after and I just it was after practice. I just finished showering and I had gone out. And my mom was like, "You got in," and I was like, "No way!" Like, because we had been waiting for so long. So I mean, I was just super excited and super grateful for the opportunity to play. Yeah. So you fly in. Do you get tested the first thing you do? Like, how does it? How did it work? So I flew in at 7 a.m. and so I got here it's a short flight I got here around nine or something like that and so I came in you get tested first thing and then you have to go into your room and you have to quarantine for 24 hours you're not allowed to leave your room for 24 hours until you get your test results back the next day so I got my test I went up to my room I was in my room for 24 hours and then the next morning I got the results that I was negative. So I was allowed uh, to go to the site, but we still got to get tested every four days. Yeah. And then you went right to practice. Boom. Get your credential yep. straight to practice. Yes. And now we saw you practicing with Christy on. Was that your first practice? Was that with her? That was, no. that was not uh, my first, it was my first practice on Arthur Ashe, but I think, I believe that was like, the third day I was there, maybe, so who, yeah, the third day. So who else did you practice with while you were getting ready to start the tournament? So I got to practice with Robin Montgomery, Whitney Osugwe, Christy Ahn, um, Ber Bernarda Para. I believe yeah. her first name is Bernarda, but her last name is Para. And then who else, who else? I think those those four. Oh, and then Claire Lou as well. And then Claire. And you're yes. you're friends with Robin and you know Whitney. Yeah. Those are your people. It's like were you kind of like all like wow, you're in. Like this is so were you guys like all like <laughs> or do you, is that like that? Yeah, so me and Robin were obviously super excited. I didn't I don't know Whitney as well. I've obviously obviously just like seen her around and know her cuz she's a fellow American. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think we were all like, we probably weren't admitting it, but we we're all just super psyched to be there, especially because I think some of the older girls, they'd been there before, but for me personally, and I, I don't know about Robin, probably the same, but like, it was just, it was so amazing to be there, you know, in the main draw for the first time. Yeah. Uh, what was Cass telling you about Natalia Vickliansava, your first round opponent? So, yeah, so when the draw came out, I remember I was practicing with Para, and um, I had known, I'd seen her once coincidentally at Maranta Glue, like when I was 12 and she was training with a coach that I know at the time. So that's, I went, as soon as they said the name, I was like, oh, I think I've, I, I've seen that girl before. So they obviously did their research and what? like watched did did their research and came back with a plan and we knew that she was uh she's obviously very tall so she she has a lot of power like she she's a, an aggressive player for sure so we went over the tactics and just we knew that she was going to hit a big ball and she was going to try to play aggressive from every point so basically just to counter that and be aggressive as I can and get her on the move as soon as I can and attack and attack some serves and yeah I mean we that, that was the game plan going in, and it worked. It seemed like, you know, you, you won a tight first set, and then mm -hmm. you went down a break early, and then I think you won six straight games. I think you blew her out of the water. Yeah. yeah. Did you feel like your level picked up? You were able to calm down after, you know, you kind of went down? Yeah. 
I mean, I was definitely a little nervous going to the match the first set. I think we were both a little tighter than the second. But I definitely loosened up when the first set was over, and I played a really loose first two games, so I got down quickly. But then, and then I was down, I believe, I think it was like 40 love on her serve, and I would just I started going for my shots more. I don't know, I just, I guess I just loosened up uh, really well, and I was able to play some good tennis after that, yeah. That's a great effort. You know, I know personally, you know, you can hang with some, with, with these players, but how did it feel yeah. to, to log that? win at a at a major <laughs> i mean it was it was great i mean i had there were some expectations going into that match um but i think like after i finally had done i was like oh my god like this is like people work their life just to win rounds at grand slam like this is something that you work for so when i finally got it under my belt i was just i was so happy and like no words could describe i was just i was ecstatic yeah <laughs> you you're feeling good I was feeling good, yeah. And then just straight back to business to get ready for Amanda. Exactly, yeah. Just straight back, back to work. I was on the court the next day getting ready for my next match. Now, did any of the stuff we're hearing about, like Benoit Pair testing positive, did any of that trickle down to you guys? Um, so I remember I, I was practicing... I was practicing with uh, one of my coaches and uh, Jeremy Shardy came on and he was like, did you guys hear about what happened? And we were like, no. So we didn't know until, until he told us basically and he told us what happened. And I mean, I hadn't seen him at the tournament yet. I obviously knew he was here, but I hadn't seen him yet. But um, I know some other French girls, I believe I, believe I might be wrong, Mladenovich was around him but she was still able to play the tournament because uh she tested negative in the rapid test and uh i think they're like in a bubble inside a bubble like they don't go to the um they don't go on the bus like they have their own transportation and they stay away from the players i believe but i mean i w i wasn't i wasn't close to any of them i hadn't come into contact and or spent time with any of them so no. for me personally i was okay what was the game plan to versus amanda I read something that you talked about in the in the LA Times that you just felt like she was going to be hitting big and you needed to kind of just sort of match that power but when that match started boy I thought you were blowing her off the court kind of <laughs> Yeah um definitely going in I've I've all, I've seen a lot of her matches and she's also young and she's American so I've seen her around so I knew she was going to she hits, she hits a big ball, that's for sure, and she's a great player. But going in, we just we knew that she was going to rip some balls and she was going to have some good shots. So just exploiting some of her weaknesses, trying to exploit some of her weaknesses and just going out loose. I had absolutely nothing to lose. I had no pressure. So just exploiting those weaknesses and, like, countering all that power that she has, yeah. You went up 4-1, and it was like, woo! I mean, everybody was, we were all freaking out, kind of. Yeah. How did you feel at that moment? Um, I was playing well. I was just trying to keep focused and stay in my, my head and not let any of the distractions happen, because it's really easy to look, at, look up at the scoreboard and be like, well, you're up 4-1 against someone 25 in the world. Like, this is it's easy to get distracted by all the stuff that's going around. So I was just telling, trying to tell myself, just stay in the moment, uh, keep doing what you're doing and keep working. Don't let these distractions get to you. Yeah. I mean, and I thought that, you know, 
I, I always feel like you don't really miss your backhand that like your backhand <laughs> is just so money in the bank. It seemed like she was like a little taken aback by how hard you were hitting your backhand. <laughs> Did you feel like she was a little bit shook? I mean, probably, I mean, I can't speak for her, but I mean, I was a little shocked by some of the backhands that I was hitting so hard. I was like, oh my God, that was harder than I expected. <laughs> but I mean, I feel like nobody here like knows me because I'm young and first time playing a main Grand Slam. So I feel like nobody really knows to what to expect. And I mean, other than when I was 12 years old, there's not much to go off of online. So you can't really prepare. So I mean, she maybe she was taken shocked by that. But I mean, I don't think she'd ever seen me play. So maybe, yeah. Yo, she seems so rattled. At one point, <laughs> she she wanted her first serve back. That was called out. She challenged. It was out. And then she was like, wait, can I get a first serve? Yeah, I didn't know what was happening. I remember that. I was I was yeah. I was confused on what she was arguing over, but I mean I was I just walked to the other side. <laughs> she just was so confused that she double faulted. Yeah. She couldn't figure that one out. But you had break point to go up five three in the second set. That set felt like it was razor tight. I thought that your level was dropping. Were you getting tired or were you getting nervous or both? I think I was not getting tired. I think I was just more because, you know, the finish line was so close and I wasn't really thinking about the finish line, but in those like situations where the match is so tight and it's, it's a one or two point difference. And if you let like two, one of those points go, I mean, just like that, instead of five, three, I'm serving for the match, it's four all. Um, and I'm down break point. So I just think I, I think that when I get more experience in those type of situations, it's obviously going to pan out better. But I mean, it was just, it was one or two point differences. If I'd played those points a little differently, maybe the outcome would have been different. But I mean, I would just say, yeah, I think I let that get to me when I let those points slip. I just, I didn't bounce back like I should have. When you left the court, just how upset were you? Did you feel like you let an opportunity slip or were you kind of feeling good? Uh, I definitely wasn't feeling good. Yeah. I mean, it was kind of like mixed emotions because I was playing so well and I had so many opportunities. Um, she obviously played great and she deserved it. But I think I kind of just had mixed emotions because I was playing so well and then the third set, I didn't end too well. So... I was obviously upset that I lost, but I think it was kind of like kind of looking at it as a good thing because I was playing so well against someone who's 25 in the world, someone who had semifinal to Grand Slam. So I think I was just really looking at the positives and negatives and just kind of had mixed emotions about the whole thing. Yeah. No, I mean, you should be proud. I mean, like you can you can play with everybody, it seems right now. <laughs> I mean, were you did your when she started playing better and she kind of stopped missing? Was it sort of eye-opening? Uh, she hits a big ball, and there's a reason she's one of the youngest seeds at the U.S. Open, I believe. Um, but I knew that when I had let those like little points slip, she was going to take advantage of it. And she stepped in. She loosened up a bit. She started going for her shots, and she was making them. So I think, I mean, at the time, I wasn't thinking, like, this is, like, you can't, you have no chance at winning. But, I mean, she obviously, she's 
she's good at what she does for a reason. Like those shots are gonna go, and it's she's not an amateur, that's for sure. No doubt. So yeah. Now, what's the story? You're gonna do some press and some Adidas stuff, and then you're flying back to Ohio. Yeah, that's the plan at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> Is it just back to the drawing board? Or are you gonna Are you gonna plan to go to Europe? Um, I'm not going to Europe. I don't. I don't think I would get in unless I play juniors which I'm not sure if I will but I might be playing in 80k in Las Vegas in October I believe if it doesn't get cancelled hopefully it doesn't get cancelled but I'm supposed to be playing in 80k there and that's it Come and, and that's just, it just keep it yeah. going let's move into the third set this is the portion of our show we talk about your career where does your tennis actually begin is it true that your mom had you in ballet Yes, <laughs> it is. Yes, I hated it. I did not like it at all. It was awful. Not for me. And then I went into ice skating at two years old and I started training like really hard for like a two year old because I wanted to become a professional ice skater. And then one day my mom couldn't pick me up from ice skating class and one of my friends uh, was taking me home and she had a tennis lesson that day. So I just went with her. Um, it was at Calabasas Tennis and Swim Center. And so I went there and I started playing tennis. And from then on, I was doing a little bit of ice skating, a little bit of tennis. I was doing mix and match. And it came to a point where I just had to choose between tennis and ice skating. And I chose tennis because I loved it more. And I've been playing tennis ever since. How old were you when you started hitting balls? When I was started hitting balls, I was around seven or eight. Seven or eight. And yeah. that's pretty quick, eight years. And now you're in the main trial US Open. <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely going by fast, that's for sure. You know, your mother, I understand, is Persian. Is it true that you speak Farsi? Yeah. And can I you do. read it and write it? I cannot read or write it. It's really difficult. But I, I can speak and I understand, yeah. Do you have, like, a whole nother set of fans? Yeah, uh, there's definitely a lot of people in Tehran and in Iran that are supporting me and they're sending their love for me. And... I, at home in LA, there's also a lot, I have a lot of Persian friends and a lot of, I have Persian family on, I mean, family on my mom's side all over the world. So they've, they support me always and all my uh, Persian friends as home and all my friends like of all different races always support me. So yeah, it's, it's really great. When did you start getting really good? Uh, I think well, I would say like that, like last year when I was playing ITFs and I started doing well in ITFs and then um, at USO in qualifying, I won around last year. I think that kind of put a stand out there. Um, but like when I knew that like tennis, I was pretty good at tennis, I would say when I was 11 and I just won Easter Bowl, I just... I mean, I was still like, this was 12, so I was really little, but I had just um, finaled Eddie Hearn Orange Bowl. So that's when I thought like, yeah, maybe I'm pretty good at tennis. I should try to go further. And then last year when I did super well at the ITFs and I did well at the US Open as well, that's when I think it really kicked in, yeah. How old were you when you kind of got on the USTA's radar and started you know, traveling to Lake Nona and working in Junior Fed Cup and all those kind of things? Um, I believe I went to my first USTA camp at nine, but Lake Nona hadn't opened. Uh, I don't think it was open yet, or I just, I wasn't old enough to go. But I think you have to be 13 to stay in the dorms at Lake Nona. So I 
that might be wrong, but uh, I believe I was 13 when I first went there and I traveled to a bunch of tournaments with them. When I turned like 10, we went to Canada and then we went to France as well and Czech Republic. So I'd say, I think I, I first went to a camp when I was nine. How important has your mom been to, you know, getting you to where, where we are right now? Uh, I mean, she plays a big factor in my life. She always supports me and she's done everything for me and has always supported everything I've done. And even with this move to Ohio, both my parents, especially my dad and my mom, they've been super supportive of it. And I mean, it's kind of difficult to move your life to the other side of the country, basically, almost just to move your life to another state. It's a little, it's a little difficult. So they've been super supportive and she's always I trust her with everything and she's just been super supportive and does ev they both do everything they can for me and for my tennis. Let's just talk about this Ohio situation. At the back end of last year, you made a, a really interesting decision to turn pro. So I had signed with, I, I mean, I, ha I hadn't, the process was I was talking to a few agencies and then I came along my agent now, uh, Maylin Two and Top Notch. And uh, she came to one of my practices one day and we went to lunch after and we got to know each other and we talked and we were talking for a little while. And then um, I played the Malibu tournament and I ended up signing there with her. She was great. We automatically connected and she's played tennis before. So she, she was a pro as well. So she knows everything that goes on in a pro's life. She's experienced it all. For our listeners, Mylan too is Katrina's agent. The, the company is top-notch, and uh, Mylan, too, I think got to about 35 in the world. She, she Which, represents Cara uh, Garcia. I think they have John Isner, maybe. They, yes, they have a bunch I, of players. Yeah, they do. Yeah, so I'm. we automatically connected, and it was just really the right time and the right decision to sign with top-notch, and they've been great. Um, they are great. I love them. So I signed with them. And then after that, I mean, everything, just the signing, I mean, everybody was telling, was like, oh, she's so young. Like, this is really early to sign. But honestly, it was just the right time and everything worked out perfectly. So I just, I signed with her. And then it was, I mean, it was coincidental that um, David knew Sam Duvall, the owner of Top Notch. So it was, I was talking with Zach and then one day he was like, there's this guy, David Cass, in um, Ohio, who I think would be great, and I just want you two to meet. So I went down for, like, two days, and um, we all automatically connected, and it was great. So I went back, I mean, a few weeks later, and I started working with them for, like, two weeks, and we decided this would be the best for my tennis, and I've been going there ever since. That's Zach Gallen, one of the more inside guys in tennis. He is one of Katrina's advisors, and he yeah. made that connection. David Cass was a had a very good junior career and has like a serious operation in Ohio. I understand. What's it like training out there? Uh, it's great. I mean, I definitely have a great team. Um, and he works with JJ Wolf and Mikhail Torfgaard as well. So that's been great because um, they're professional tennis players. They've been doing this. I'm JJ's like six years older than me, about to be seven maybe. And so they they've experienced it um they they know what it's like living as a young professional so I mean it's really great because they can give me advice and my team is great and they do whatever they can to 
helped me get better. So I, like we got a really good thing going down there. Yeah. So do you practice with those guys? Do you do you hit balls with JJ? Uh, I sometimes do with JJ and Torp, some two on one sometimes, um, but not all the time. Like yeah. occasionally. But um, yeah, Man, JJ's, I work with JJ. Still in the still in the tournament, boy. I mean, he just he just rocks his own style, <laughs> huh? He just rocks his own style. Uh, the mullet's been around for maybe like yeah. I don't know, maybe like two months. It's definitely him. He loves it. I mean, the guy loves it. I think the the skinny mustache is kind of new. I think he's going for that kind of retro look, and he he loves it. He just embraces that type of stuff. Yeah. It's Retro great. <laughs> look, JJ Wolf. How has that transition been to living out on your on your own? Are you like are you lonely? Do you miss like going to school and things? Like what's this what's that been? I mean, obviously I guess with COVID it's a whole nother situation, but Yeah. I mean, COVID for everybody has just made things um worse, obviously, for people all around the world. But um I mean, it was, it's a little different going from Los Angeles to, to Ohio because I went during the winter, so I was not used to that cold weather at all when I first went there. So, I mean, it was a little bit different not knowing anybody. It was kind of just like, kind of like a clean slate, really, because I didn't know anybody. But um, I was able to meet a few people there that are some of my really good friends now, which was great. Um, but, I mean, leaving school is obviously difficult because you know you go to school every day you get to see your friends every day that's kind of like your social like life life um because you're so tenant you're so busy with tennis but um i was able to find like a really great group of friends down in ohio so that's been great and that's definitely made uh the move easier and like my team and my coaches and jj and torp they've been super nice and they've been super welcoming um, and I've been there for almost like a year now. So, I mean, it's great now. Yeah. Um, and that's it. You're just going to keep, just keep it moving, keep playing tournaments and just keep trying yeah. to rise to the, rise to the sun, right? Just keep going. Yeah. <laughs> that is exciting, boy. Let's Thank move you. into our fourth set. This is the 10 ball scramble. I just say it okay. and you say what comes in your mind. You ready? Got it, yes. What racket do you play with? The Wilson Steam. What color is that one? Uh, it's a pro racket, but it's painted uh, green and black. Oh, so you've got it. You, you play with a special racket? Yes. The Wilson Steam. What size grip? Uh, the smallest one, I believe, is 4 and one eighth. You play with a real small one? That, no, the none. Yeah, I play with the smallest one. Yeah. Four and one eighth. That's small. Do you feel like you can be? Do you feel like you can be real whippy with the racket? Is that why you like such a small grip? Yeah, yeah, and my hands aren't too big, also. So, yeah. Um, how do you string your racket? I string it at forty-seven. I like it kind of loose. With what string? I use Luxlon. What gauge? ALU Power 16 gauge, I believe. 16 gauge Lux. Uh, your favorite tournament? Uh, <laughs> uh, U.S. Open. Is it? Are you, are you like something yeah. else better? Yeah. Um, favorite city? Yeah. Switzerland, Geneva. You like Geneva? Where were you? Where were you yes. there for? I was there training. Um, I had. To, 
I had a week off uh, between tournaments last year when I was on my Europe trip. So I went there for training with a couple of girls and it was incredible. It's the nicest city I've seen. TikTok, Twitter, or Instagram? TikTok. <laughs> What's your handle on TikTok? So I don't actually post anything, but I spend a very <laughs> okay. unhealthy amount of time on there. Do you have a, a do you have any favorites that you, uh, you, you flourish to? On TikTok, I'd say I just I spent like I watch all the videos, all the funny videos, the dancing videos, everything. I'm on there for hours, and it's not. I spend too much time on there. Your favorite player, <laughs> Roger Federer. Your favorite forehand. Favorite forehand. On women's or men's, or doesn't matter. You got to tell me. This is a ten ball scramble, so you can say whatever comes in your Justine mind. Justine Hennen. Really? Yeah. Your favorite backhand. Djokovic. That's a pretty good backhand. A favorite serve. Yeah. Serena's. And your favorite volleys. Favorite volleys. Just taking some time here. Sorry. Nobody, uh, nobody volleys anymore. I'm going to go with Martina Navratilova. That's a good one, too. Let's move into our fifth and final set. We'll call this the yeah. queen of the court. If you could make a change in tennis with a swing of the racket, what would it be? I do want to guide this a little because you're just coming okay. out of the juniors and you know, I think cheating in tennis, particularly in, in junior tennis, is like an out-of-control problem. I yeah. imagine you've experienced it. Do you have any yeah, thoughts on how that can get, you know, finessed? What what needs to be done? To um, I'd say, I mean, it's obviously based on how much money the tournament has. And, I mean, it's and it's, it's always an expensive sport, but... I mean, maybe having a few more refs, having a ref on every court, which is obviously tough to do. Um, but I think they're getting pretty good at it now. They have a, a lot of refs at tournaments. I mean, I haven't played a junior tournament in so long where you have to climb. It's almost been like a year now. Um, but I'd say, I mean, this is just out there, maybe having like a ref on every court, which is obviously hard to do. But, I mean, that would probably solve the problem. Katrina yeah. Scott. Get to get more people, get more people out there on the courts to to stop the cheating. Listen, um, obviously we're all really proud of you. It's such a cool thing Thank to you. know somebody a little bit that's in the tournament and that that played so well yesterday. Um, have a terrific uh, few days, I guess, and um, that's it. You are released. Thank you. Huge thank you to Katrina Scott and thank you to Sergio Tacchini. See them at SergioTacchini.com and use my code CRAIG30 in all caps to receive 30% off of your order. We just re-upped the tennis t-shirt of 2020, Quarantine Classic. It's a throwback to the old junior tennis t-shirts we used to get at tournaments. Taking orders for the Blanc, the Terrebat 2, and the Bear, which is green. Shoot me a note if you want to get on that program. Max Loeb edited the show. Our music is by Brian Senti back next time with more of the most interesting voices in the sport. Until then, I'm Craig Shapiro and you are released.